Gennaro Rewind, hosted by Matt Namofsky. Hello, NRL fans, and welcome back to the NRL Rewind podcast. I'm your host, Matt Namofsky, and welcome to our Game 3 Origin Preview. I've got Johnny with me, mate. Johnny, how are you? Oh, I'm not too bad on this uh, gloomy lockdown day here in Sydney. Yeah, last time we spoke, last week we did us, we smashed quite a few pods on uh, quarantine Saturday. Obviously, we've been uh, we've been extended. So anyone in the uh, Greater Sydney area, you're we're feeling your pain right now. Uh, but we do have some footy this week, which is good. Nom, and we didn't really get to catch up since um, Origin Two, which was obviously series clinching for New South Wales. I guess let's start there first. Pretty one sided, you know, entertaining in a sense, but we kind of knew what was going to happen. What was your thoughts on Origin Two high level? Yeah, well, you know, um, it, at least the score was closer than in game one. But uh, look, Queensland came out and they, you know, had plenty of energy for the first 10 to 15. But I mean, it's been all said before, right? They just couldn't keep up with um, New South Wales attack. Yeah, it really came down to the the intercept by Val Holmes. You know, they kind of got a little bit of attacking ball. Um, you know, Adokai got the early try. Then they were really starting to pepper the line. First time in the series, we've kind of seen it. And then, yeah, Latrell just swoops on that Valentine Holmes, goes length for the field, and then from there, you know, it was 26-0 in the end, but really it was one of those games where, um, not not boring, because obviously it's an origin game, and there's always some intensity in the great players on the field, but it was very one-sided. You, there was no real chance for it to go any other way. Would you agree? Yeah, I think so. I think so. And, you know, the fallout from the game was, you know, is DCE's uh, head on the block in terms of, you know, the captain for for the state moving forward because, you know, there's been a lot of reactions about, you know, in the post-game press conferences. I like to watch these and, you know, just get their initial raw reactions. And, you know, he uh, DCE just said, like, you know, maybe New South Wales just wanted more than us. And, like I think, uh, yeah, that rubbed a few of um, yeah our Queensland neighbours the wrong way. I kind of the way you look at it now, and really you look back to last year when everyone's kind of saying it's the worst Queensland team of all time, and then DC got on the podium and kind of gave that little bit of a a shot back to everyone else, saying thank you from the shittest Queensland team <laughs> of all time. The the way the season panned out last year in the quarantine season, uh, and then you obviously had Origin at the end of the year. Um, quite a few players, you know, have gone through a grueling season. Do you kind of need to throw that series out and kind of look at that series as a bit of an anomaly to go, really, if it was mid-season and, you know, teams are full strength, New South, Queens, New South Wales will get a couple on the board here? Yeah, I mean, look, I think, you know, everyone knew that the New South Wales team was going to be the better one on paper. But, I mean, to Queensland's credit, you know, they, I think maybe it was like a, some Wayne Bennett magic um they they somehow pulled our pants down and you know as a new south wales fan you know we're, we're sort of used to this where you know queensland they always come in with just underdog tag and they always sort of um you know step up to it but yeah this season we just didn't really see that happening yeah that's it and i think the biggest thing for me last point on game two before we head into a game three preview here I kind of just want to like read out some of the names for the queensland side and obviously there's been a lot of things thrown about you know worst queensland side of all time but you had uh, Val Holmes, a fullback, who's probably the third string uh, fullback for Queensland. You have Xavier Coates, who's had a terrible season. You know, he's still a young player. He's going to go to Melbourne next year and be a great player. But obviously, this season's been pretty poor. You had Hess as the 18th man. And you can look at some of the names, you know, Francis Molo, Andrew McCulloch, Cole Felt, 
uh, nearly washed Felice Kafusi. You know, there's just a lot of players that probably don't need to be in a representative side in 2021. So let's get on to game three, because I do think it's quite interesting. Some big outs for New South Wales and obviously some big ins for Queensland. So let's go through the teams first. So for New South Wales, Tedesco is the fullback and captain. On the wings, Brian Toll, Josh Adokar. Same center pairing of Latrell Mitchell and Tom Travojevic. New half combinations, obviously. Your boys, uh, Jerome Luai and Nathan Cleary are out for game three. So Jack Whiten is the new six. Mitch Moses gets his run at seven. In the forwards, Junior Paulo and Dal Fanukin, who replaces an injured Daniel Saifidi. Damian Cooker hooker. Ken Murray, Tarek Sims, Jai Arrow is the back up, um, backing up the back row again. Abby Corrissan moves on to the bench to replace the Jack Whiten spot there. Angus Crichton, Payne Haas, Liam Martin rounds out the bench with the reserves of Nico Hines, Clint Gutherson, and Stefano Oitikamanu. What's your thoughts on that team, firstly? That's an interesting change, actually. I just saw saw the updated team list. So they moved Dale Finucane into into the prop position. Mm. I thought, uh, you know, Payne Haas would have slotted right in. You know, Payne Haas and Junior Apollo, they're uh, two big boppers. Uh, It will definitely, you know, get us going. So, yeah, it's interesting seeing Dale Finucane. It's sort of like that Jake... Uh, Jobo sort of moved there in game one. Yeah, I think, you know, it's not going to surprise me at all on game day if Payne Haas comes uh, off the bench and they kind of do a bit of a switch there, but it doesn't surprise me. They might, you know, use Fanuka for that first 18 minutes, get the sting out of the game, and then Payne Haas plays the rest of the minutes, you know what I mean? And they can bring Dale back on in a, in a second stint somewhere. But I do think Payne Haas, once he gets on the field, like he was absolutely damaging in game two, and he's... And over the weekend, obviously, against the Sharks, he had easily his best game of the season. So I think Payne Haas is really starting to round in a bit of form after his suspension to start the season. And, you know, there's been a lot of praise, and we are going to be doing another podcast today about Payne Haas, so that's a bit of a spoiler. But he's just turning in one of those out-and-out guns at club and representative level. So it's an interesting change. To me, the the really interesting ones are the reserves here, the three reserves. So obviously, Nico Hines, who next season will be at the Sharkies in the number six role, so... There's some real big chances for Nico Hines to get some rep jerseys coming up soon. Clint Gutherson, who was there last year. But to me, the absolute bolter, Stefano, big uh, Oitikamanu there. You know, he's had a, obviously his first season in the top grade, played a couple of games in Parramatta last year. He's coming to this Tigers team. Really, really big raps on him now that uh, Freddie Fittler's bringing him into an origin camp. Obviously, no chance to play. But the fact that he's even in there and he's getting amongst the experience, it's got to be a big vote of confidence for the young man. Yeah, so uh, Stefano, that that's a massive in, you know. Um, it's similar to what he's doing with Kim Graham. This this Stefano move, I guess it is admittedly, you know, quite left field considering, you know, he can't even get a starting position at the Tigers. But look, he's has looked pretty good this year, and you know, I I've definitely had my eyes on him because I've actually picked him up, and you know, he, he's he's had some good minutes, and uh, he's actually had some real impact as well coming off the bench. Yeah, I think it's just a vote of confidence for such a young age to bring him in, get that experience. You know, he's probably not going to play, but, you know, for the next couple of years, if he's in that squad and kind of getting the reps, then it's going to be really, really good for his career moving forward. So let's go to the Queensland side really quickly because this is where some of the big changes. So your boy, Kalen Pong, is back in the one jersey. Valentine Homer, Xavier Coates are on the wing. Dan Gagai and the Hammer, Hammer Seyfido, is in the centres. You've got Cameron Munster and Cherry Evans in the halves. Cherry Evans is still the captain. In the front row, Christian Wells, Josh Papali'i, with Ben Hunt as the new hooker. Kirk Capel moves into the second row with Felice Kafusi. Jai Arrow was the 13. We'll discuss that in a second. AJ Brimson to uh, Tino Fasuma Ala'awi. Moeki Fodawika and Diva Fafida is on the bench. 
Now, the big change will be Thomas Fligler is coming in and one of those guys will be moving into the bench because Jai Arrow couldn't help himself and we'll again be doing another podcast about some of these COVID breaches by Jai Arrow bringing in a young lady a into the a dancer dance into the origin yeah. camp. Um, I guess we'll go through the team in a second, but this dry arrow story is pretty huge. We won't touch on it too much because we'll do a separate podcast, but in terms of the impact on the Queensland camp, do you think this is any impact at all? Oh, I mean, I mean, this is a hundred percent got to be an impact. You know, he was going to be the, the starting block. So uh, look, he's really let, you know, his teammates and I guess his state down by, you know, um, just, you know, not keeping it in his pants, but yeah, um, Geez, so I guess you know we, we don't really do we do we know what what's going to happen now? Like we don't really know if he's going to come in. I guess Thomas Flegler. I'm not sure if he's going to be the new thirteen or or what's doing there. Yeah, I'd say Tino was going to. I'd say Tino would move into that thirteen role and then Flegler yeah. onto the bench would be my would be my guess. But yeah, it's it's pretty big. But they do have a couple of big ins, obviously. So Ben Hunt moves to hooker. I think that is an upgrade over McCulloch. Uh, but your boy Ponga obviously came back with a bang. For Newcastle on the weekend, what's your thoughts on Kaelin being rushed back into this side in a dead rubber? Yeah, you know, as a Newcastle fan, I you know want to see uh, Kaelin Ponga just kept on ice for this bye week, but um, you know he's he's too good to keep out. You saw what he did, you know, first game back, two tries, two try assists. Um, he would definitely add you know attack to what's been you know very um, I guess lacking in in this um, Origin series for Queensland, and they also brought in uh, the hammer. Mm. Uh, yeah, to mark about Tommy Turbo. Um, look, I think, you know, there was a lot of criticism about Queensland not having enough speed. Um, yes, you solved the, <laughs> you solved the uh, que- question about speed there, but, geez, you know, I think, to be honest, I think Turbo's going to be licking his lips. Oh, to me, that defensive combination of Hammer and Xavier Coates together, I think whatever multi you're looking at, I think the Tom Turbo at card double each. Is just too juicy because again they're too good. They're going to be very very good players. The Hammer and Xavier Coates in their career, but right now defensively they are a problem. And yeah. to me, it's just going to be a it's going to be a one way traffic through. Turbo's in that form right now, and obviously we saw when you take him out of a team, we saw Manly on the weekend what they were without him. He's just one of those guys that you know will pick up a matchup. And I think, like you said, he's going to be licking his lips. Yeah, the speed issue. He might get on the outside of Turbo one or tw- once or twice, but Turbo's just going to run over him. And I think. You know, for all the hate that Jack White and Mitch Moses is getting as a half combination, it's not very hard to get the ball out early ball to Latrell and Tom Turbo to let them do their magic. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's going to be an interesting, um, I guess, dynamic with Jack White and Mitch Moses. Yeah, obviously, we haven't seen them much. Um, I guess, I don't think they have actually played together, and especially, you know, in this Origin arena. Um Look, I guess it is a very uh, a soft landing for Mitchell Moses. You know, the Blues already had the series tied up, and pretty much his job is just to you know get it out there to to the strike really. And you know, he can bring his his running game into it as well. But um, pretty much what Jerome Luai and Nathan Cleary did re- really well is pretty much you know d- distribute the ball. And you know, if you want to take a run, just pick your time. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think you know a lot of people were saying that Queensland. Uh, could win this game due to the, those halves. But I just think that the class, what we've seen for the one to five this year for the New South Wales Blues has been out. The, the amount of meters they make, the as soon as they get the ball, the attacking threat they are, I think it's going to be a whitewash. What do you think? Yeah, look, I think the only thing that might keep it close is actually the conditions. So, you know, obviously the first two games we had it up at Queensland, dry track, 
this one's going to be held in Newcastle. Um, look, I'm not. I haven't actually looked at the weather forecast here, um, but you know, I got a feeling that it's going to be a slightly slower track. It's going to be a bit dewy, so that might keep it closer. But again, I can't see Queensland um, getting on top for this one. What are your thoughts about, obviously, with COVID this year, we've been moved around a couple of times uh, for the games. It was supposed to be at the MCG, Suncorp, and Stadium mm. Australia. We've gone to Townsville and gone to Newcastle. Good for the game that we're sending. Obviously, we would love forty and 80,000 raging spectators at the game, but for Townsville and Newcastle to get a game, obviously pretty good for the for those communities there. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, uh, and this would be just would be huge in Newcastle. Uh, you know, the town would bu- be buzzing. Um, you know, it would be an interesting reception for Kalen Ponga, you know, that, you know, he's adored up there as a, as a, as a Novocastrian, but at the same time, he's going to be wearing the Maroons jersey. Uh, look, I think, yeah, it, it's, it's going to be a, um, it's going to be great to actually have crowds. The fact that, you know, this was at risk of playing at an empty crowd, I think, you know, it will mean a lot to at least lift the shield up in front of your home fans. It would have been very interesting to have a no crowd origin where we've been we've been picking up in the NRL a lot of players talking on the mics on the referees mics. I think mm. for, in a origin match you dial up ten percent and all the stuff all the shit talking that would have been on the field would have been pretty interesting to hear. But like you said, the way Newcastle comes out to support their fans when they're coming last and getting wooden spoons, they're still getting good healthy crowds. So the fact that we're going to get about twenty thousand up there, I think, um, really good for the game. And again. You know, we've been taking the game to Perth, uh, to Adelaide next year. You know, Canberra was in for the shot. Wouldn't mind Canberra getting one. You know, New Zealand, maybe once we get the borders open, can we take it to New Zealand? We can take it everywhere, you know. The the whole thing about home field advantage, we can still have the home field advantage, but, you know, take it to some of the different, you know, to the Gold Coast, uh, to Newcastle, to Wollongong, all those type of things, I think, you know, obviously probably will never happen because of the the money they lose in terms of the, the ticket sales and stuff, but... For what it is right now, we're making the most of it. And like you said, I think it's going to be a very, very passionate uh, crowd up there. So your prediction is the Blues uh, clean sweeping this one? I think so. I think so. Um, if I were to pick a scoreline, I think it might be... I think Queensland might be held scoreless. Let's say New South Wales 30 to 10. Ooh, okay. I do have New South Wales winning... 36 to 4. I think this is going to be the an explanation point on on this series. I think uh for the amount of smack that like I said that Jack Wyden and um Mitch Moses are getting, to me I just think T- Teddy's had one of those series where he hasn't he obviously got me in the match last game, but there was obviously a lot of lot of turbo talk. To me I think this is the this is the Tedesco game that we kind of look back and go, Oh, he had five try assists in 250 meters. I kind of, <laughs> I kind of feel like it's me one of those vintage, vintage. Because the way this season's going, obviously Penrith and Melbourne are running away with a comp. Uh, the Roosters have been decimated with injuries. I think this is gonna be the really big last Tedesco uh, superstar game we get for this season uh, before he packs up. I think, and next season obviously we we see Tedesco with Kiri and all those guys. But I think this is gonna be the last true James Tedesco reminding everyone he's the best player in the world type of game. So I think it's gonna be a huge game for him, and I think. News of ours really, really put it on there. Yeah, right. So you're calling um, Teddy for man of the match and man of the series then? Uh, look, I think it's going to be pretty hard to deny, deny Turbo the man of the series unless mm. Teddy comes out and has his best game for the Blues. And I think there's a real chance. I think he's motivated enough uh, to really want to get it done. Obviously, he's picking up, he's been carrying that hip pointer injury. 
but we kind of saw a glimpse of it. And he, like I said, he ran like a maniac in game two. To me, with some of the defensive matchups, especially that Hammer, uh, Hammer and Coates edge, I could just be seeing Teddy wanting to feed and get the ball out a lot of times there. So, look, I still think Turbo for man of the series, but I definitely think this is going to be a man of the match performance by Teddy that really reminds us he's the greatest player in the comp. Yeah, agreed. So I guess, yeah, you, you mentioned that, you know, Hammer and Xavier, Coates edge. I think instead of, you know, running around them, I think, yeah, Turbo might just run right, right over him. Before we go, Nom, there's one more thing I want to discuss here because obviously we're both predicting a, a series sweep here for the Blues. I want to do a quick little game. Give me the one, the six, the seven, and the nine for Queensland next year. So obviously I'm giving you everyone's fit. I wanted to see, does DCE still make this team? Do we look towards the future? What is this? What is the one, six, seven, nine? And give me the 14 as well. Give me give, give me who you think will be the, the interchange as well. So let's go number one. Is it going to be Kalen still retaining that one spot? I think so. Yeah, I think he's too good not to have the, you know, Reese Walsh, who was only sort of there through injury. And, you know, it's a shame that he didn't get to debut last game. But yeah, I think Kevin Ponga, you know, he's, he's, he's just got that X factor. Okay. Months to retain the six? Yeah, 100%. Okay. Does Cherry Evans retain the seven and the captaincy? I'm not sure about the captaincy, but I think he's been good enough or long enough to retain the seven. I don't see, you know, a Sam Walker displacing him as good as Sam Walker has been. Um, yeah, I don't see Sam Walker making this team unless there's an injury to uh, Cherry. Okay, if Harry Grant's fit, he gets the nine? Yeah, 100%. And the 14, who who, who gets the, the super sub role for this Queensland team next, next year in game one? Um... This one's hard to say because we haven't seen, you know, AJ and Kalen play together, actually. So, mm. yeah, I'll ha- ask me again after the game because, you know, it would be interesting to see this one-two punch of AJ and K- KP, um, you know, if, if it does work. Yeah, 100%. I think AJ or Reese will be, I think it's going to be one of those guys, even maybe another hooker if they want to go like a Reed Marnie uh, and do green mm. off the bench. But, yeah, I think... I would have liked to have seen Queensland make a couple more changes this for this game through. Obviously, it's a dead rubber. I would have liked to see a couple of young bloods really run in there. You've got to think next year as well. They're going to get like a Lindsay Collins back, so another front row, a front row forward that can really do some damage. Um, but I think there are a couple of Queenslanders that might be playing their last game for the Maroons. So it's going to be very interesting. I think there's going to be a lot of fire from the Queensland side, obviously a lot of pride not to lose a series 3-0. A lot of guys playing for their jersey, uh, but it is going to be interesting. So, Nom, thanks for coming on, mate, and doing this Origin Preview. No worries, mate. Always a pleasure. No worries. And thanks for listening, everybody. Happy Origin next Wednesday. Have a great day here from you soon. Cheers.